Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. We are Shay and Jordan Cornette filling in for the guys. Happy New Year's Eve to everybody. We're also presented by Progressive Insurance. And all guests of Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin join us on the Goodyear Hotline. So, this weekend is week 17 in the NFL. A lot of playoff implications for a lot of different football teams. No doubt about that. But the AFC has got some interesting things going on, especially the Browns and the Steelers. So there are five teams that are 10 and five in the AFC that are looking to get in with four playoff spots. One of those would be the Browns. The Browns could have locked it up, been in the postseason, had they just beaten the Jets last weekend. That did not happen, mostly because they were missing their entire wide receiving core, essentially due to COVID-19. So the Jets get their second W. So now the Browns are in a precarious situation where they've got to go out and face the Steelers, a division rival, in a must-win situation. They win that game. They're in the postseason. The Steelers have already punched their ticket to the postseason. However, they're still looking at seeding. And so Mike Tomlin has said, this is not going to be like a preseason game for us where I'm looking at, you know, backups and depth and whatnot. But I am going to sit Big Ben Roethlisberger, our quarterback, and perhaps another player or two. And so Baker Mayfield has got to go up against Mason Rudolph. Jay, this puts pressure on Baker Mayfield more than he's had all season long. 2002 was the last time the Browns were in the playoffs. The last playoff win was 1994. It has been a minute, and it all comes down to this game. Since that franchise left and has returned, which was, I believe, in 1999, they haven't delivered a playoff win. So you have to go back to uh, pre-packing up and leaving in the middle of the night Browns in 1994. Yeah, there's a lot on the line. Pressure is where it all came from. Pressure comes at a premium, though, right? And pressure, what do you always say? Bust pipes. Yeah. It busts pipes. But pressure's where the decision for Mike Tomlin came to remove Big Ben. Pressure from a guy like Miles Garrett getting after the quarterback and potentially injuring a, a Big Ben. So he's out of the game. Elevated pressure now for Baker Mayfield. It is interesting when you kind of take a step back, and, and we heard Shefty say this, and we heard Aaron Goldhammer uh, from Cleveland Radio say this, big game out there at ESPN Radio in Cleveland say this. Baker Mayfield has probably secured the spot at quarterback for the most part in terms of career financially moving forward. But what Aaron said, Goldhammer, and it has a pulse of Cleveland. I'm going to pause you because we actually can hear from Aaron Goldhammer. Here he is. He was on earlier this morning with us on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Here's Aaron Goldhammer of ESPN Cleveland talking about how Baker Mayfield knows what's at stake this weekend. And the definition of a franchise quarterback in this town is someone that can take on those foes and win. So I think, you know, Baker knows that his perception around town and nationally of, you know, is he the guy is on the line. He's already lost last year to Duck Hodges in Pittsburgh, to Brandon Allen in Denver, to lose to Sam Darnold and Mason Rudolph in back-to-back weeks is something that would stick with him for a long time, even though, you know, it's not like the Browns would be on the open market looking for a quarterback headed in next year. Right, and he's already lost to the Steelers and the Ravens so far this year as well. Thank you for delivering that sound, Shay, because it enhances where I was going. And that's why you're my wife, because you can finish my sentences. <laughs> you know where my thoughts are going here. It's called chemistry. We got it here <laughs> filling in for Ke- Keyshawn, Jay, Will, and Zubin. She's Shay Cornette. I'm Jordan Cornette. Um, and we're, we're very blessed to be here. But, yes, that's the point. Shefty's pretty much said, in his opinion, financially and career-wise, he's proven 
to the decision makers at Cleveland that he is the guy moving forward. But Aaron Goldhammer, who is the the sports talk radio guy in Cleveland, it speaks to the fans in Cleveland. I think there's some questions that still need to be answered in terms of can Baker do it and delivering this win to get them in postseason goes a long way. Baker can't worry about either one of those. Baker has to go out here and take advantage of an opportunity given to him that he's not facing a Hall of Fame quarterback on the other side. And that quite possibly he might not be facing many key members on that Pittsburgh Steelers defense. If he does, maybe it's only for one half. So coming out and getting in on a hot start and being able to take care of business throughout is going to be big. Your receivers are back. You squandered an opportunity last week. We know you were without your, your wide receivers due to COVID protocol, but it was a one-loss Jets team. And a franchise quarterback finds a way against an inferior opponent. You didn't do it last week. You have to find a way to take care of business early in this one. Leave any doubt in the very beginning of this game that it's not going to be close. We're the better team. We're the 10-5 and team with our starting quarterback playing all of our people. You have to go out here and win this game. It is a must win for momentum to answer questions. And for history, which is on a line for Cleveland, all those things coming to a head here in this one. The Browns have struggled in their last game of the season. In fact, the Browns have lost 12 straight games to the Steelers in the final game of the season. Also, they have not won a Week 17 game since 2009. There's a lot of records on the line this weekend in Cleveland. So getting over the hump and getting that W, no doubt, is a big deal. Also, okay, let's not be dumb here. There is the Mason Rudolph-Miles Garrett narrative. I would like to think, and I think he has moved forward, that Miles Garrett has moved forward. He's put it behind him. He's matured. He's learned, et cetera, et cetera. No he, question. He's yeah, up for Sportsman of the Year. Exactly. He is absolutely. That's and so rear view there. Exactly. But this is an opportunity for Miles Garrett to go out and meet Mason Rudolph face-to-face and prove that they are the better football team without a doubt. He'd love to meet him face-to-face. He'd love to get after him. And I don't mean personally. No, I just of mean course not. Get after the quarterback and, and be disruptive. Right. So there's a motivation factor as well. As if you needed any more motivation heading into this game, there is that motivation factor there as well. Bottom line is it's a must-win game in Cleveland no matter how you shake it. I don't think we'd be saying this as much if you didn't have Big Ben sitting out in this game or you didn't, or you actually didn't lose the game last week to the Jets, of course, because then you wouldn't be in this must-win situation. But given all those factors, it comes down to this weekend, it comes down to this moment, into this game for the Cleveland Browns. But, Shay, I smile because I grew up in Cincinnati, which is the southernmost part of the state. Cleveland is up in the northern side of the state of Ohio. Now that we've covered geography, I can get to my point. Cleveland, this is such a Cleveland scenario. It's in front of them. It becomes incredibly uh, easier of a task with no Big Ben, but yet that adds to the element of impending doom for Cleveland sports fans because they feel like, oh, this is supposed to happen. That's why it may not happen. I bet there's some of them that are that are so twisted in their mind as sports fans because we all know this as sports fans that almost are like, I wish Big Ben was just playing so he could just go out there and play football. Now we're worried about it seems like it should happen, and now maybe it won't. Now that's obviously the extreme. You don't want Big Ben out there. But this speaks to Cleveland fans that I'm friends with. Uh, I know a lot of them. They are a passionate fan base, and they're what makes sports great. But I know that there is a, a high level of trepidation and nervousness because there's no Big Ben, and because the expectation now becomes, well, Cleveland, you're supposed to win this game. That is a little nerve-wracking for the sports fans there in Cleveland, but is it nerve-wracking, most importantly, 
for Baker Mayfield? And that's a question that will be answered come Sunday. No doubt. So beginning Tuesday, January 5th, Mike Greenberg begins his show Greeny immediately following Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin on ESPN Radio. Greeny will take you inside the stories of the day as only he can. He'll have the newsmakers you'd expect, and he will interact with you every single day from Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin right into Greeny weekday mornings on ESPN Radio. Jay, we're going to go A to Z. So Bruce Arians says it's Super Bowl or bust for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Buccaneers uh, head coach said on Good Morning Football that, yes, it is Super Bowl or bust. That's the goal every year. And you can't get to the Super Bowl if you don't get to the playoffs. So getting into the playoffs was huge for us. It's been a fun year. There's a lot of football left, and we're really excited to be playing. Bruce Arians, to me this year, um, says things sometimes that just – I, I you got an issue with this? No, I, I yeah, I actually I actually do have issue okay, with this. Okay, say what you Because chess. here's what I am accustomed to as a fan, as a reporter, as someone who's been around the NFL for a long time. I am accustomed to coaches saying, let's win the next one in front of us. Why are you looking ahead to the Super Bowl when we haven't even oh. started the playoffs or we hadn't even had into week 17 yet? Please, Bruce, please. Okay, yes, you are in the playoffs. You, the Packers, the Saints, and the Seahawks. And I would argue you are the worst of the four right now. In the playoffs, or at least the team that I trust the Leafs right now that has already clinched a playoff spot in the NFC. So while I appreciate the big picture, it's it's Super Bowl or bust. That's absolutely not true. You in Tampa, it's not. You're, you're it's absolutely not true in Tampa Bay. And I would rather him look ahead to the very next game that he has in front of him, oh. which he doesn't know yet after Week 17 in the playoffs. And let's talk about that. Shame on you, love of my life, wife forever. Shay Cornette, shame on you. You're a reporter. You're in those locker rooms. And I remember when you come home from a Bears practice or post game and be like, this guy gets on my nerves because I know what he really wants to say and he's not saying it. And there's no repercussions for him to say it. So just actually tell me the truth. Don't give me these cliches. Bruce Arians is telling you the truth. That's who Bruce is, though. Hold you on. ask him a question, he's going to answer. That's who he is. Isn't that what you want? He's telling you the truth. Tom Brady is 43 years old. Yeah. How is this not must-win territory for a Buccaneers team? How is it not Super Bowl or bust? The time is ticking literally on your Hall of Fame quarterback, the centerpiece, the difference between five wins, uh, a five-plus win total, I believe it is, from last year to this year. A reason why this team is thinking Super Bowl as opposed to missing out on the playoffs, because of the quarterback position, Tom Brady elevated everything there. He's 43 years old. It's not guaranteed what's in front of them. It is absolutely Super Bowl or bust for the Bucs. It was the minute that Tom Brady committed to heading south down there to Tampa. It was must-win scenario. Sure. I, so I, he's telling you the truth. You can't hate on him for this. I, I, I don't like it. Your last three wins have come against the Falcons. I'm sorry. Have come against, last three wins have come against the Vikings, the Falcons, and the Lions. Three of those teams, three under 500 teams, three teams not going to the Super Bowl. What were not, they, Not though? going to the playoffs. What were they, though? They were wins, right? They were Ws. Okay. You have lost twice now to the Saints. You've lost to the Rams. You've lost to the Chiefs. You've lost to the Bears. All teams that are going to the postseason, most likely. What does that so, have to do with him saying what he said? I don't like it. And sometimes I feel like Bruce Arians goes off on these tangents that I'm like, what are we talking about here? Let's look at directly what's in front of us. Like, he blames Tom Brady for things when we really should be talking about the defense. I don't need to know if it's Super Bowl or bust. I need you to be focused on what's in front of you, which is the postseason and the first game of the postseason, not Super Bowl or bust. And also, I'm sure he's saying that because the, the Super Bowl's in Tampa. Ask too. any player 
that's on the verge. I don't, I don't hate or it. Is I'm already just saying in. I don't like it. I, I I get it. I get what you're saying. I just don't care for it. What do you think? Any of the? I bet Matt Nagy feels like it's Super Bowl or bust. And they ain't even in the playoffs yeah, yet. I, I, let's be a little more. My realistic. point is that's what everybody thinks. Don't fault, fault him for whatever you want for mismanaging Tom Brady in that offensive scheme. Him. I'm just saying don't I fault don't. Him ca- for this. I don't like it. I don't like the lingo. That's all I'm saying. Alabama and Notre Dame are going to square off in the Rose Bowl, presented by Capital One. Coverage begins on ESPN Radio at 3 p.m. Eastern. Alabama and Notre Dame played in the 2013 National Championship, 2012 season. The Tide beat the Irish 42 to 14. I'm sorry to bring it up, Jay, but it just it, you're it not happened. sorry. You ain't um, sorry. Here's Nick Saban. He sat down with Tom Rinaldi. Take a listen. Well, I think they play really well on the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. They run the ball. They try to create balance and they control the line of scrimmage. And their defensive front does the same thing. So I would say they are a much more physical team than what we played against uh, several years ago. Okay, so uh, Nick Saban saying it's a much more physical team than in 2012. 2012 feels like a lifetime ago at this point. Um, No doubt it's a very different team, Notre Dame and Alabama on both sides. But I want to go to the Clemson and Ohio State matchup first before we dive into this one because there's been a little bit of breaking news regarding a COVID situation and a coach um, with Clemson. And I know, Jordan, you think this could have a big impact on the game. Their play caller, their offensive coordinator, Tony Elliott, testing positive for COVID and because of – COVID protocols, he will not be traveling with the team. He will not be there uh, for this for this semifinal game against Ohio State. And, and you look at, even go back to last year, it was Jeff Scott and Tony Elliott as co-play callers, co-offensive coordinators. Jeff Scott is no longer there. He's a head coach at the University of South Florida, USF. Uh, so no Tony Elliott, clearly no Jeff Scott. In this spot, this big of a stage, you're going to have somebody who's not used to this moment. They haven't even designated who their play caller is going to be. So a Clemson team that has battled to get back to healthy, that had lost a game this season because they didn't have Trevor Lawrence, didn't have James Skalski starting linebacker on that defense or without other guys like Mike Jones and Tyler Davis on that defense, they took a loss and found a way to get into this football playoff. And now they're here, and now it's not a player on the field, but it's a highly impactful person off the field. And the reason why it feels like it's even bigger is because I haven't heard yet who is going to be the one calling the plays. All that to say this, Trevor Lawrence is still going to be on the field playing. That defense is fully healthy. But you're going to have moments in this game that call for timing, that call for rhythm, that call for feel, that call for moment, and you're not going to have experience in that booth uh, with the person translating the play down to the field to get to Trevor Lawrence. So this is something uh, that is worth watching. Um, As much of a question I have there, I have a huge question with the secondary of Ohio State and Trevor Lawrence's ability to carve them up with the speed that he's going to have on the outside in this one, from true freshman to fifth-year seniors in Cornell Powell. It's going to be really interesting, but this is a storyline and a massive one for Clemson. Clemson's proven to be resilient all season long. Trevor Lawrence is one of the greatest players to ever play college football, the presumptive number one pick in the 2021 draft. Is he enough to overcome it? Versus Ohio State, we will see. Okay. I wanted to get to that first because I think that's probably the biggest, most breaking story that we have today regarding the CFP. Again, that is tomorrow, the semifinal games kickoff. Let's go back to Alabama and Notre Dame. I mentioned the final score in 2012, 42 to 14. Nick Saban said. Why do you keep doing that? I'm just going back to what we were just talking about. And 
Nick Saban said that this Notre Dame team is much more physical now than it was back in 2012. What was the final score? For those of, the game? of you that are listening, <laughs> for those of you that are listening and don't know, um, I'm Shay Cornett. He's Jordan Cornett. He's my husband, and he went to Notre Dame, and he's wearing a Notre Dame hoodie, so he's getting a little salty about me bringing up the fact that uh, Go Joe is too if he's listening. He played Alabama, in that game. He don't want to hear this. That Alabama beat uh, Notre Dame 42 to 14 back in 2012. So. Let's put that behind us, okay? Please. Nick Saban says this Notre Dame team is much more physical. Do you agree with him? I do agree with it, and it's on both sides. Defensive line, offensive line, at the, at the at the line of scrimmage, this is a more physical team. But aside from physicality, speed is where I think Notre Dame's improved too. But they're going against sublime, elite speed in Alabama. Elite balance and depth in Alabama. You can't cut off the head of the snake because you don't know what the head of the snake is with this team. If I had to guess, I'd say it's Najee Harris is the running back for this Alabama team. And I'd say you've got to try to, as best you can, limit the run game and make Mac Jones win it with his arm. Mac Jones is probably going to win the Heisman. And so it's still a very challenging thing, but that's the best place to start and say, hey, can we maybe capitalize on some mistakes if Mac Jones has to throw up more than he's accustomed to doing? That run game is a big part of what Alabama does. Notre Dame's great against the run. Notre Dame got exposed against Clemson this past their last time out in the ACC championship game, but that's where it's going to start. Notre Dame is physical enough in this one. Are they fast enough? Do they have enough solutions at every point? Ultimately, I go into this one thinking, as much as you talk about Notre Dame's defense, a win for Notre Dame's defense is going to be keeping this game in the 30s. So that puts immediate pressure on Notre Dame's offense because if Notre Dame's defense wins – 33, 34, 35 points for Alabama. Can Notre Dame's offense generate 33, 34, 35? Ultimately, I'm thinking high 30s to win. I think this game is a 38, 37, 38, 37 victory for Notre Dame if they do it. Can Ian Book, can Notre Dame's offensive line, which everything revolves around, establish a, a, a time of possession, something that they always win at? 30 minutes time possession is, I believe, what Notre Dame's at in the game. Can they control clock with the run game? And can Ian Book take advantage of opportunities? We'll see. But ultimately, Notre Dame's offense has to score in the high 30s okay, to win. So I don't mean to put you on the spot, but I'm going to put you on the spot because now I'm curious. I'm assuming you're going to say the offensive line, but I actually have no idea. Is there a position group that's stronger on Notre Dame's team than it is on Alabama's? Is there a position group stronger? Like, is there somewhere on Notre Dame's team that I could say – is definitely a strength that would outduel Alabama. Offensive line, but Alabama's got one of the best offensive lines in the country. I'd say Notre Dame's is better, but it's the place where Notre Dame can shine most. I see. Okay. Notre Dame can shine most with their offensive line, controlling the line of scrimmage, keeping a clean pocket for Ian Book, but most most importantly, most critical, allowing Kyron Williams to get off a little bit. Kyron Williams has to go for over 100-plus yards in this game. Irish have to play, no matter what Brian Kelly wants to say, they have to play football's version of four corners. They have to stall this game out. You have to keep that explosive Alabama offense on the sideline for as long as humanly possible. And that's with long, sustaining drives. Where Notre Dame wins football games on both sides of the ball on third downs. Mm. They convert on third down as one of the best in the country. They are great getting teams, the opposition, off the field on third down. They put them in predictable situations on third, that defense, and they capitalize on it. Look at third downs. Look at time of possession. That's where Notre Dame can win this game. Okay, Because they can win this game. I love the, I love the belief. 
Okay, I love that you've rocked Notre Dame gear now twice in a row this week. I love that you're probably going to hang a makeshift play like a champion sign in our house. I'm kidding. I don't love that. It rips the paint off the walls with the tape. I don't love it at all. But I love the passion, right? At the end of the day. Got to. You got to. And it's New Year's Eve, and I'm not going to rain on his parade, so I'm going to tell you, you got a chance. You got a chance. That's not good enough. Having a chance is not good enough for Notre Dame football. Not in this spot. Notre Dame has to be greedy. And despite what everybody's saying, despite the fact what Vegas is saying, uh, 19 and a half point dogs, I think it's still going, it's still trending upward, might even be into the 20s now. Uh, Notre Dame has to win the game. Okay. Well. Notre Dame has to prove here as we, as we close the door on 2020, as we usher in a new year, the first day of it, Notre Dame has a chance to come out here and make a statement. They can beat Alabama. It's, okay. It can be done. Mississippi put up 48 points on this Alabama defense. Florida, albeit a way better offense with Kyle Pitts and Kyle Trask not giving the football away, uh, put up 43 points. You can score on them, but you have to limit your mistakes, be disciplined, but also be opportunistic. Notre Dame has the personnel to do so. All right. College football playoff is on ESPN and ESPN Radio. Coverage begins on ESPN Radio at 3 p.m. Eastern. It's the Rose Bowl presented by Capital One. That's in Arlington, Texas. That's number one Alabama taking on number four Notre Dame. We were just talking about it. And then the All-State Sugar Bowl is in New Orleans. That's number two Clemson taking on number three Ohio State. Coming up is Justin Fields really the third, not the second, the third best quarterback in the upcoming NFL draft. That's next. You're listening to ESPN Radio. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Chishon, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. My name is Shay Cornetti. It's Jordan Cornette filling in for the guys the next couple of days. Happy New Year to everyone. It is New Year's Eve. We have almost made it through the year 2020. Also, guests of Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin join us on the Goodyear Hotline, and that is where we go right now. Todd McShay is there, ESPN NFL Draft Analyst, joins us on that Goodyear Hotline. Good morning to you, Todd. Thanks for being with us, and happy early New Year to you. So we hear that in your latest draft rankings, you have dropped Justin Fields' To number nine, below Zach Wilson, now at number eight. Why is that so? Jump into the fun stuff right away. Uh, good morning. <laughs> Put you right up against the wall, right, Tom? <laughs> Happy New Year. Tell me why he's yeah, dropping now. Holidays, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Justin Fields is obviously so talented. He really is. Um the Indiana game is concerning. The three interceptions. I think he gets stuck on his, his. Not to get too specific, but he gets stuck on his primary a little bit too much, and and he's still developing as as a quarterback mentally and and kind of working through his progressions. But he's going to be a top ten pick. I, I I think there's very little question about it. It's it just turns out that it, it 
we have another really good quarterback class. Trevor Lawrence is in a stratosphere of his own, and then you've got you've got Zach Wilson, who's who's really moved up and and has played really well this year after having some injuries last year with his uh, thumb and shoulder, and and I, I just I think he has a chance to be a really good pro as well. Justin Fields is going to be a good pro. Mac Jones has helped himself, the Alabama quarterback, um, and and and. Um, Trey Lance, the, the North Dakota State quarterback, got that one strange game that they played this year and, and didn't play all that well, but he's he's supremely talented as well. So I think those are the five guys that have a legitimate chance to go in the first round. Todd, I'm most curious about Zach Wilson because I feel like there's a lot of people out there who watch a lot of college football but maybe aren't catching BYU on the West Coast or maybe miss that game versus Coastal Carolina. And seeing him rise up, deservedly so, uh, but don't know much about him. Can you tell us about Zach Wilson and his game and maybe there's a comp out there to make with Zach? Yeah, I mean, there are some (laughs) – Pat Mahomes is is the guy that some scouts will say but no one wants to say it publicly. Hmm. And it's not that he's that that player. And I, I don't want to put that on him because I don't want to put that on any quarterback. But he's, he's got a little bit of like that, that Baker Mayfield, Mahomes, extending plays, just kind of gutsy, you know, leader, emotional, just everything that you look for in a, in a quarterback in today's NFL. And – First of all, nobody knew about him because he's playing at BYU. Mm-hmm. He was injured a year ago and, and really didn't get to play as much. But he's always been highly touted, always been highly skilled, and he finally put it all together this year. And, and it's, it's been fun to watch. I mean, he, he is tough, and the, the way he extends plays and the way he creates, it's, just, it's exactly what NFL teams are looking for. And that, that's why, in my opinion, he's really moving up. We're talking to Todd McShay, ESPN NFL draft analyst. He's joining us on the Goodyear Hotline. Todd McShay is also covering the Rose Bowl presented by Capital One. Coverage begins at 3 p.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio and ESPN. So let's go to the Rose Bowl now. Alabama taking on Notre Dame. It's Ian Book versus Mac Jones. What can we learn about these two quarterbacks in this game? Mac Jones is is really good inside the pocket, moving around. He, he reminds me a little, a little bit of like a Dan Marino or mm. even a Tom Brady in terms of, I'm not saying that skill level, but just like not very mobile, but really good inside the pocket, understands pressure, where it's coming from. We'll take that, that slide step to the left or to the right when he needs to. We'll climb the pocket, trust his protection, and has really good protection for the most part. Um, and, and obviously has the best wide receiver in the country in uh, Devontae Smith, who is very likely to win the Heisman. So he, he's got it all working for him. And Najee Harris, the running back, is, you know, provides that, that extra bit of balance that they need. So he, he just manages what he needs to do within this offense. And I, think, I really think Steve, uh, Steve Sarkeesian – is the best offensive coordinator in college football right now. On the flip side, you got Ian Book, Ian Book who really struggles inside the pocket, I think. I think he's at his best when he's able to get outside the pocket. When the initial play breaks down, he can run. He can you know, make throws on the run. And I think they're going to run him a lot more in this game than they normally do on designed runs just to, to get the, that extra number in, in terms of, 
the matchup that they need because they, they've got Kyron Williams at running back. They've got some big receivers. They've got great tight ends, but they don't have the speed to match up with Alabama's defense. So they need a numbers game and they need to outcoach Alabama. And I think Ian Book is going to be a, a big part of that running football. I'm so glad we got Todd on here, Shay, because I get to write a wrong of mine from earlier this season. On ACC Network, Todd was covering a Clemson game. I believe it might have been, been Clemson-Notre Dame, the first matchup. can't remember what it was, but I we had a chance to talk about Jeremiah Owusu-Karamoa. And I wasn't comfortable yet saying the name. So I said there's a Notre Dame linebacker to watch out for in this one. And Todd called me out. He goes, oh, Cornette, you just didn't want to say the name, so you'll leave it for me. <laughs> and it was one of the funniest moments we had all season at ACC Network. So now that I can say, Todd, Jeremiah Owusu-Karamoa, uh, we hear all about the pros on Alabama's side, and you touched on the talent on Notre Dame's offense. But this guy's a difference maker and a next-level guy too, no? Uh, tell me if he can wreak havoc in this Alabama game. <laughs> First of all, they, they call him Woo. It's a lot easier yes. <laughs> than Wooster Cormo. But um, he is—he's today's NFL linebacker, and and by that I mean he—he he can cover man to man. He can cover he—he he at times will be covering Devonte Smith. And you think about that, like the best wide receiver in the country, mm-hmm. and you're talking about a 220-pound linebacker who's going to be playing in the slot and could be covering Devontae Smith at times. We'll be covering the, the tight ends for Alabama, uh, Jaleel Billingsley, who's really come on recently. And then he can pressure. And then he plays every single down. And what he does, and this is what you're looking for if you're a defensive coordinator, right? Clark Lee, who's, who is one of the best defensive coordinators in the country, he's able to utilize six, Wusu Koromoa, it, it, because he can play every single down, and he plays every down with effort, and that's why I have him in the in the top fifteen. I think he's going. I think he's one of the best fifteen players in this upcoming draft class, and I love the way he approaches the game. I love his passion for the game, and I love his versatility that he brings to this defense. And he's one of the guys that legitimately gives Notre Dame a shot to match up on the defensive side against this great Alabama offense. You hear that? Gives Notre Dame a shot. Yeah, see, because Todd, he doesn't have a, a, a horse in the race, so he's going to be objective when everyone else wants to pile up on Notre Dame unfairly. <laughs> I, I don't even know what the spread is at this point. It's, it's, it's rising. Yeah, I'll just, just tell leave, you. Leave it at sure, that. I'm sure. Leave it at that, Todd. All right, Todd McShay, thank you so much for the time this morning. We appreciate it. Happy New Happy Year New to Year, you, friend. and enjoy the game tomorrow. All right, sounds good. Thank you, guys. So again, Todd McShay is covering the Rose Bowl presented by Capital One. Coverage begins at 3 p.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio and ESPN, and that is for both games. So he's covering the Rose Bowl. There's also the All-State Sugar Bowl in New Orleans. That's number two Clemson taking on number three Ohio State. So a lot of football tomorrow, a lot of football on Sunday, and we got New Year's Eve tonight. So we're asking you, what do you want your team, whatever team that is that you follow and you love, to leave behind in 2020? We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. 
Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. Keyshawn, Jay, Will, and Zubin, the podcast. One, two, three more things before we let you go. Let's start with number one here. In addition to Big Ben Roethlisberger, the Steelers will not play Marquise Pouncey, TJ Watt, and Cam Hayward against the Browns. What I tell you? I told you. Laid up. Cleveland Browns fans get excited, but get a measure more of nervousness, too, because this is really laid out and gifted to you. Also, the Steelers will have fans for their first playoff game at Heinz Field. The number is still being determined. Let me, so, tell, let me tell you what I did. From the I went right to the board to see what this game was looking like. That game is off the board right now. Okay, you do that. Uh, this is Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app. Just tell your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. We are Shay and Jordan Cornette. We've had a blast filling in the last two weeks. I'm a little tired. I got to admit, these are early mornings that these dudes do. So now I understand why they take so many days off around the holidays. They got to sleep in, oh, be with their family. for this. Come on. This is, this, a is, tired. this is sports. This is sports. This is lovely. So it's New Year's Eve. We're counting down to 2021. And so we're asking you, what do you want your team that you love to leave behind in 2020? I'm a Bears fan, so I said let's leave Nick Foles behind. Let's leave the, the quarterback controversies, the issues behind, because it's year after year that this happens with the Bears where they don't have a steady quarterback, they don't have steady quarterback play. I'm over it. 2021 is going to be the year of a good quarterback for the Chicago Bears. I'm holding a Notre Dame helmet for those listening on the radio um, because play that fight song. Let, let's go, oh, Yates. Goodness. Let's go, PC. Let it let it ride out for a second. You left out my girl, Ezzy. Oh, I didn't see. Oh, Ezzy's so, hiding in the corner still. I, <laughs> Ezzy, my fault. I didn't even see Ezzy. Ezzy rocks with us on Sundays at game day. If we're loyal to anybody, it's Ezzy right there. That's that's the homie. Uh, Notre Dame <laughs> needs to leave behind the narrative they can't win the big one. Not keep it competitive, win the big one. It's a great program. It's one to be very proud of. They are uh, relevant every season, and as a sports fan, that, that's a lot that you hope for. But we need to get over the threshold. We need to belong in the big boy conversations with Clemson, Ohio State, Alabama. Those teams are always in it to win it. We don't just want to be in it to, to have the recognition. We want to go out there and take this thing. Exercising the demons against number one Alabama. Let's do it there. Let's leave behind. We can't win the big one. Get rid of the narrative. So normally they tell you to like make New Year's resolutions that are attainable. Like I don't know how attainable your or mine. Both of these two things are. Let's aim for the stars. These are two things we want to leave behind in 2020. Octavius is in Tulsa. What do you want to leave behind, and for what team in 2020? I'm really yes. Hello there. I'm really big on the Baltimore Ravens, uh-huh. and I want to leave behind Lamar Jackson being a traditional pocket player, letting him cook. Like yeah. Russ Cook's in Seattle as a thrower, let Lamar Jackson read the defense, pass the ball, run the ball, and then pass it off to your 
three D backs, okay. running backs. I like that. I Octavius. love it, Octavius. Let's leave that behind. It's also got a big win he, versus Houston in hoops too. Yeah. It's a good time to be Octavius. It is. Um, let's leave that narrative behind about uh, Lamar Jackson. He can do it all. He can run. He can throw. He can be a pocket passer. He can throw you off balance. Heck yeah, he's the MVP. He's a reigning MVP. The reigning MVP. Let's he's the reigning with, MVP. The reigning, let, his numbers in the last four games let, were let better Lamar than his MVP cook. season. Got a nice little ring to it. Let Lamar cook. I like it. We've also got some tweets for you here. At mdones 22 says, please leave Adam Gase in Foxborough this Sunday. He's not even worthy of a ride back home. <laughs> it's the least that could be done, having to endure him all season long. I, I mean, I feel you, but also a little harsh. Let the man catch a ride back to the crib, know, at least. Geez. Back his things up. <laughs> he rode with you the whole year. Let him ride home. They did, get did rid he, of him. I don't know. Did he ride with you, though? I, I mean, yeah. I don't know. I'll tell you this. As much as they talk smack about Adam Gase and it's all deserving, that team is not giving up this year. And no, most teams give up on a coach who's not capable. I'm not saying he's capable. It's just interesting to me that these players have not given up when they have all the reason to. And a lot of times people connect it to, well, they care about the coach. It doesn't sound like these guys hate Adam Gase necessarily. But he ain't the guy for the job. Okay, right? J Love MD tweets: Leave the entire LSU football defense behind. So terrible. Look, I, I, I hear you. I was just gonna say, I hear you on this. It's a bad defense. It's not a good LSU football team this year. You just won a chip a year ago. Come on. How about? How, I agree with you, Shay, wholeheartedly. How about our guy Pat Costello, uh, producer, uh, t- leader of the show today, yeah, okay. has one of his own. Pat, hit us. I'm oh. ready to leave behind the narrative that Carson Wentz is the problem in Philly because oh. clearly he is not. Who is? Oh, who, who is, is Eagles that? fan? It's Tell an us. organizational problem, not a Carson Wentz problem. Okay. Sounds, sounds like somebody's calling out Howie Roseman. Yeah, I see what you're saying there. Well, I, I, I don't hear any disputes there either. No. Roofed himself from the mic. I think he made it be and, known how that's he feels. Been, that's been burning up inside him for a hot minute. Um, J-Rock1424 says, as a Saints fan, Choking in the playoffs is what I want to leave behind in 2020. You got a real opportunity to do that. Saints already in the playoffs for the NFC. Fighting for a number one buy or number one seed rather. And that would be a buy and home field advantage. And they want to leave behind choking in the playoffs. It's going to be the year that you actually do that. Zach tweets, the Packers leave behind all the Jordan love was a wasted pick talk. They needed a receiver. It turns out the moves they made are looking pretty good. You don't say Zach, you don't say. Also, right. uh, I have some breaking news. From Cleveland here, the Cleveland Browns were informed of two additional positive positive COVID-19 test results among the players this morning. The Browns facility has closed while contact tracing is conducted to identify any high-risk close contacts. The team will continue to work remotely this morning while following the NFL and NFLPA intensive protocols as the health and safety of our team, staff, and the entire community remains the highest priority. So that comes from Cleveland and the Cleveland Browns. Ugh. I just hope they get that receiving core back. I hope they can stay healthy in Cleveland. This is a big game for them against the Pittsburgh Steelers on Sunday. I would hate for them to be shorthanded. Yeah, it's another game where it might feel like a a team, much like we look at the Rams and and Cards game, as teams limping to the finish with so much on the line. Uh, An unhealthy Kyler Murray, who's giving it a go, and then John Wolford playing uh, in replacement of Jared Goff there. And now it might feel like the Browns may have a, a, a shorthanded roster for an all-important game against the Steelers team that has the luxury of resting their guys. It's going to be fascinating to watch how this plays out. Naturally, we'll have you covered here at ESPN on the radio side and the TV side, so make sure you continue to rock with us. Shane, we got about just two minutes or so left in the show here. Uh, 2020, it's our last time. Uh, 
filling in for this holiday time for Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. The A-list, the heavy hitters, will be back uh, January 4th on Monday when the show returns. Uh, we do want to thank them for giving us the opportunity to fill in here. Mm-hmm. want to thank the team uh, working today, uh, Ezzy, Pat, and Allen. Uh, do a great job, put us in a great position here to have some fun, all you for listening to us. But I want to direct this to my wife. And for those of you who do not know, my wife is six months pregnant. You couldn't tell probably looking at her because no, she still could, looks you definitely tell. energetic, beautiful. <laughs> you definitely could tell. She leads this show. And when we try to find wins in 2020, without a doubt, mine has been being able to work with the love of my life here at ESPN, a place that we grew up watching as sports fans, loving this place. To be able to sit here and do what we do together. My man set the mood, Yates. <laughs> to be able to do this is an absolute blessing. And the reason why I'm saying this, I'm not trying to flex. I'm trying to say I am the luckiest man in the world to be able to work with my wife and do this on this platform. And to be able to share our love for sports with the person I love is uh, more than anybody in this world. I know what you're looking for. You're looking for a little more than a kiss at midnight. <laughs> That what's going on here? Plus, what's you know, happening? You know, we already got one in the oven. I, 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 <laughs> but but what I want to say is this. Why I'm saying this is 2020 has kicked all our butts. Everybody's been been hurt by this thing in some regard, whether it's physically, whether it's financially, uh, stability-wise, we get it. Mental, it, it, it all is tough. We've had our share of problems that we're not going to waste your time sharing right here. My point is try and find the good. This has been uh, the high-level good for me to be able to do this with you. Uh, life is going to be really hard here still for a while with COVID. I'm not on a soapbox. I'm just saying, everybody, tonight, look towards the future. It is going to be very bright. For sure. Count your wins for what you've had so far. Be thankful for those in your life. Smile, let loose today. Tomorrow is not promised, but when it does come, it's going to be great. The light is at the end of the tunnel. Everybody, just let's spread some love. I mean, yeah, a little bit of love goes along. Midnight way. tonight. I told the guys this yesterday on our call. I'm like, let's go to work tomorrow with some good vibes. High on some good vibes. Coming into 2021 with some good vibes. There's going to be obstacles. There always are. But let's just try and start this thing on a good note, so we can end it on a good note. Right? That's what you say. That's start right. Start it. Start the year how you want to end the year. Right? Yeah, absolutely. This has been so much fun being able to be here with you guys. If you like what you heard, great. Rock with us Sundays on game day, one to five on Sundays. If you don't like us. The big hitters, Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin, are back on Monday. Happy New Year, everyone. We'll see you next time. Happy New Year. See you at home, babe. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. You can hear the show live weekdays at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio, ESPN News, or wherever you stream your audio. 